Welcome to the 6th Amazing Race 29 recap episode of URT number the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian whose idea of a relaxing evening is painting cow skulls, Logan Saunders. Morning. Good morning. And we are well over halfway through our season of podcasting already. Crazy, crazy. Then we've already covered, we've already covered, what, five rounds? This is the fifth round recovering since I got back? Yeah, and this is the exact midway point in the, the season that you'll be joining me, I think, because you won't be here for the last week. No, most most likely not. Um, and furthermore, to show how hardcore of an Amazing Race podcast this is, Michelle yesterday just did an Amazing Race style competition in Australia, and later today, right after recording an Amazing Race podcast, I am doing an Amazing Race charity competition uh, this morning. And after the podcast for me, I'm going shopping. Well, it'd be a bit weird if all three of us were doing amazing race competitions at the same time. And it was another, I would say, fun but short episode. Yeah, this might be the in a strong in a one of the strongest American seasons in quite some time in the new era. This is probably the weakest episode overall of this season. But it's one where I can add a lot of context to certain out of context quotes that we're going to be discussing because oh, yeah? of all the places that amazing race has ever been to venice is probably up there with the one i've been to most yeah venice if i recall correctly is pretty much your favorite place on the planet yeah it's one of my family's favorite places i think between us we've been six times because mum and dad have been twice on their own i think i've been four times so it's certainly one where i can discuss a lot of the intricacies of this leg Rome would be another one. Rome is one where we've been probably three or four times as well, because it's awesome, and one that they have not done justice. Rome is pretty sweet. Yeah. The good thing about Venice is it's one that you can't talk about, whereas I can. Yeah, kind of. That's funny. This season went to uh, season went to northern Italy, but yet I pretty much went to a bunch of places in southern Italy. So they missed it on the wrong, ha- wrong half of the boot. So, previously seven teams kept on racing from Norway to Milan... At the roadblock, Logan was left behind while everyone else dined while looking for signs. Much better than Phil's preview, this, by the way. At the U-turn, Liz and Michael pulled the trigger on Vank and Ashton, and Becker and Floyd blocked off the other side to condemn them. Becker and Floyd climbed ahead, winning their first leg, and Vank and Ashton fell behind due to the U-turn and were eliminated from the race. I would like to correct you on that, Michael. Vank and Ashton were bullied out of the race. They were bullied. It was straight-up grade-A, A, B-list bullying. It was. It's the most despicable act we've ever seen on Amazing Race. Yeah, like, forget that dude who shoved his wife. I mean, this was, man, I I think Vank and Ashton have both gone to counseling for the entire year since the season finished filming. They were, they're, they're, in fact, going to the same therapist as Jeff Varner. That's how serious this was. I mean, obviously, it's the most despicable thing ever to happen on Amazing Race outside of those despicable bitches, the Twinnies, stealing everyone's money. I can't believe somebody actually referred to the Twinnies as bitches. It's like, come on. Right when you right when you phrase it like that, it makes you look worse than them. Much worse than them. I don't recall the Twinnies ever calling anybody else bitches, if, if I recall correctly. Come on, bitches! <laughs> You're the only bitch here! It's like, man, that was just really cringeworthy to read. Will that be featuring in Funniest Complaints this week? Yes, it will be. Oh, good. (laughs) I thought it might. 
Yeah, I'm one week late on funniest uh, complaints, but I pretty much have all the complaints uh, compiled together. It's a lot of the same stuff. It's just everyone saying that Venk and Ashton were bullied after the W turn. That's what 80% of the comments were. And, or that it, they were being racist towards Venk. Or as one one commenter put it, they were racist towards the Chinese guy. But is Venk even Chinese? I don't really know. We're just judging it based off of his last name being spelled uh, like a Street Fighter character. So I don't know. I think Venk is Vietnamese. <laughs> so that's that's what I mean. They're like they're really racist towards that Chinese guy who's actually Vietnamese, but we didn't bother to confirm it. <laughs> and in other off podcast stuff that we need to discuss, this week I found out that uh, Scott has a podcast. He does. Have you heard it? No, I just read. I just saw a post about him post about it in his newsfeed. It's called Not According to Plan, and it's very good. I, I listened to this week's episode. I thought that would be the name of Keith Nail's podcast from Survivor San Juan del Sur. And in, in other news, Scott was visiting Brooke this week as well, and everyone surprised him. Except for? Well, there was ten races, I think, in the same room, and I'm pretty sure that that was the first time that anyone has ever been emotional about seeing Joey Cavino. <laughs> Boom! With a Joey joke. <laughs> so yeah, this episode. Uh, Beck and Floyd, how many... You know, there's the there's the there's the usual question of how many people does it take to screw in a light bulb, but this week it's how many people does it take to rip open a clue, and the answer is two. Well, first we open the episode with Liz and Michael missing home, and at this point you can just non-eliminate them right now. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Right at the very start, it's like, well, we know who's gonna gonna get the sympathetic uh, edit this episode, and it sure won't be Brooke. <laughs> Indeed. Like, I love Brooke, but <laughs> they were trying to bury her this week. Not as much as they buried Shamir. No, no, not not as much as that. Like Brooke when when reading through the reading through the complaints online and watching the edit in the episode, she's probably thinking to herself, Man, I wish Shamir was still around. <laughs> so what's to take the heat Just off somebody me? that can take the attention off of her a little bit, other than Redmond's uh, bullying. So teams must now travel to Venice by bus and find a Spazzano, a street cleaner in St. Mark's Square, to get their next clue. And they have $250 for this leg of the race. And it's Becker and Floyd leaving at 3.07, Matt and Redmond at 3.08, Tara and Joey at 3.33, Liz and Michael at 3.37, Brooke and Scott at 3.38, and London and Logan at 4.21. I should note that, yeah, Phil actually said that they had to find a street sweeper in Venice, and much to my disappointment, the street sweeper was not cocked ready to let it go. Shimmy shimmy cocoa what? Listen to it pound. Light it up and take a puff. Pass it to Phil now. Nelly. Nelly reference. Good for you. That's pretty much the first thing I always think of whenever street street sweepers mention. I'm thinking there's got that's got to be an ode to Nelly, but we have, but we didn't see it this episode. It feels all about having no opportunities wasted, but that was definitely an opportunity wasted. Perhaps they can make it up to Nelly and have him on the next season of Celebrity Edition. Has anyone ever had you tested? <laughs> what? For what? For being cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, a country grammar. My brother uh, got the country grammar album by Nelly uh, for Christmas when it came out. So I am fairly familiar with the whole country grammar album. It's the only good album by Nelly. I mean, Nellyville is okay, but 
once you get beyond an Ellieville, then things things don't get so good from there. So would you say it's a dilemma what Nelly's worst album is? No, it's pretty clear cut. <laughs> I hear that the winning team for this leg of the race was supposed to uh, win a pair of uh, of Air Force Ones, but that didn't happen. Anyway, there are two buses, each with space for three teams, which basically just splits who checks out in what order. Yeah, it's uh, you. You can't really defend that there wasn't uh, that the buses weren't catered to the team's checkout schedule because the second bus departs nine minutes after London and Logan open their clue, and we get the awkward one-hour hug between uh, was it Becca and Floyd hug for an hour, and this was right after uh, Becca said to that she wants to beat Tara and Joey to the bottom. And we also get the recurring storyline of Matt and Redmond haven't had a first place yet. Yeah, which will end this week, so it makes you think that Matt and Redmond might not be around for too much longer. I would assume that that would be correct. Um, oh, did you see how much Joey scared Liz when she was running to sign up for that bus? Joey scares everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's just his nature, but with Liz... I guess, I mean, she's not quite over the top as Brooke is, but she was, it looked like uh, she may have needed a change of pants after uh, Joey scared her. You do have to say Liz's name just like Mike every time. Liz? Liz? <laughs> Liz, we can't go back to the pit stop and get you another pair of pants. You're just gonna, you're just gonna have to sit in your own filth while we ride that bus from Milan to Venice. If I can put up with not talking to my daughter for two weeks, you can put up with sitting in those pants like a sewer rat for four hours. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for your mic impression. <laughs> it's worryingly good. I'm, I am quite worried for you. <laughs> and one's teams do find the Spazzano. It is a detour, which is sing it or bring it. And in sing it, teams must learn an Italian song and then serenade a couple on the gondola to get the next clue. And in bring it, teams must use a cart to stack suitcases and deliver them to a hotel to get the next clue. We can't we can't uh, glance over the fact that the teams were really overtired when they signed up for those buses in the morning. I've never seen... In an Amazing Race episode where everyone signs up for the bus and everyone cheers like they're on Sesame Street, especially when uh, London and Logan initially walk past the sign up board and they're like, it's that way. And then two seconds later, London and Logan backtrack and sign up for the bus and then everyone says, yay, yay, London and Logan. It was like, uh, it's like my parents' daycare, you know? It was, it was, th- I was thinking, man, these teams, uh, these teams, uh, are real aren't used to uh, racing around at four o'clock in the morning. You're saying it was four o'clock in the morning because Brooke never mentioned that. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't. She didn't mention that like four times. <laughs> and Scott wanted, was on the bus and wanted to see romance. Romance between who? Well, apparently, the only romance that ever ended up happening is with somebody who's already who's already been eliminated from this season. So he'll have to wait. And which detail would you have picked? Mm, not sing it. <laughs> I probably would have uh, transported the suitcases. 
without looking at the the complaints on the Facebook pages, which is inevitable, the Bring It Detail was basically very similar to one of the Switzerland ones from uh, Amazing Race Unfinished Business. Yeah, from that the Zermatt leg, yeah. But both of these details are actually quite culturally relevant. Because, obviously, with the gondolier, classic image of Venice. But the bridges are also basically Venice. There are hundreds of bridges in Venice. So they were kind of going to have to try and do a task. If they were going to make this detail really cultural, they were going to have to try and do a task that was, what is the other, basically, symbol of Venice? And it's going to be the bridges. If, imagine if they filmed True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger 90s classic uh, in Venice. And, you know, the classic scene where uh, where Arnold Schwarzenegger's in a helicopter and his wife is in the car, and then he has to be like, the bridge is out, the bridge is out. And, Get down. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that's a different movie. That's uh, total, or, yeah. Um, and, you know, his wife's going to be sailing over the bridge because it's out. If that scene were to be filmed in Venice, then it would just be it would just be well there's I can just take one of the other ten bridges around here it's not really gonna it's not really gonna affect me that much so it would have made for a really anti climatic ending for an Arnold Schwarzenegger film well she just goes six feet down and just finds another bridge yeah exactly it's like well I can just take that one and as it happens, Facebook reminded me uh, that nine years ago today on the day that we're recording. I changed my profile picture to one of me and my brother in front of the Rialto Bridge in Venice. Really? True story. What a coincidence. Yeah. That is not fake news. Uh, so, Tara and Joey find the Spazzano first, with Becker and Floyd in second, Matt and Redman in third, London and Logan in fourth, Liz and Michael in fifth, and Brooke and Scott in last. We've had a very distinct top three and bottom three teams for the past several rounds. Tara and Joey, Matt and Redmond... And Beck and Floyd have been top three for what seems like an eternity now. Yeah, do you know who the last team to actually be in the top three that wasn't one of those three teams was? Probably Liz and Michael? It was Liz and Michael's third place in leg four. Leg four. So this is three legs in a row of the same three teams being in the top three. Yeah, and each of those three teams has won one of the last three legs. So they've just... Have they each done one first, one second, and one third? No, Matt and Redmond have done two seconds, and Tara and Joey have done two thirds. But Becker and Floyd have done a... Well, Becker and Floyd did third, first, second. Oh, okay. And yet London and Logan and Brooke and Scott continue to be the tightest alliance in the race, even though it's proving not to be too beneficial for them. And talking of London and Logan, they actually get some airtime as they don't help Liz and Michael or Brooke and Scott. No, you know, in a detour choice that said bring it, London and Logan really bring it this week. Minus the snakes on the plane. And... Mike also channels Probst when he says that he has nothing for London and Logan. I wrote that too. <laughs> Got nothing for you. <laughs> so it was a, like a really bad Jeff Probst impression. I have nothing for Lolo. I have. We. I've got nothing for you. You can head back to camp. I've got nothing for you, Liz. Blindsides, blindsides, big moves. Liz, you're an animal making those big moves. Can I make a special request? Can you say <laughs> "dig woman" as Mike, please? <laughs> dig woman <laughs> dig for all the fixins for all the kinton vixens and no one seems to be able to work out the trick with the uh, luggage carts either have you used those michael because they say they're they're fairly routine to see around venice surprisingly i haven't having said that i can't actually remember where we stayed in venice the first time 
But you would say you stayed within the city, within all the canals, though, I guess, eh? Yeah, of course we did. Um, but the, the last three times we went while we were on cruises, so we had like a day or two there at a the time. Oh, okay. So we stayed in a big, massive cruise ship on, on the Grand Canal, which is awesome. Uh, and Tara and Joey are apparently London and Logan's favourites. London and Logan already have too many alliances. They're the or I read the comments online where uh, I think somebody wrote that London Logan are broken Scott sidekicks. Yeah, officially, I guess. The Robin to their Batman, or in Brooks' case, batshit crazy at times. <laughs> oh, Logan! <laughs> in a good way. I was gonna say you do have to be nice about Brooke because we do like her. <laughs> she gets enough hate from everywhere else. Oh, there! I have a great uh, idea for a banner this week. Um, right after the detour is announced, we get a shot of Joey where he looks really, really, really helpless. I put an asterisk next to it. He has the most unusual expression on his face. I shall have a look. I have an idea of what I kind of want the banner to be, because I think some of the bemused gondolier couples are, are going to be quite close to being banners. Or especially the one, the one, guy's, uh, the one girlfriend who did the golf clap. And the bo- and the bo- and the boyfriend does nothing at all. <laughs> but I I think sadly Scott's reign as king of the banners is going to be over for a week at least. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are enough good sass faces from Scott this week. Uh, when London and Logan lie to Liz and Michael, I can't believe we're saying their names as much this week. Uh, Logan said we did a bad thing, and London says yeah we did a bad bad thing, and then Logan has the most evil grin on his face possible. Maybe they are actually our villains of the season. After being invisible? Yeah. I guess a ghost can be a villain. Exactly. But they don't even get any airtime after this. Like, we're probably not going to be talking about them again for the rest of the podcast. This is, like, their one scene. And then Brooke and Scott, of course, discussing, do you think do you think London and Logan lied to us? Yes. Yes, Brooke, I think they did. And that's it. That's all we really see of London and Logan for the rest of the episode, other than a couple of bags tumbling down. I think we actually see our winner's edit start to develop in this episode. Not yes. for them. But not, the, not for London and Logan? No, the, there is one team who I think are, I'm hitching my wagon to now as being our winners. Okay. But we'll get there very soon. There's a particular quote that I think might be a winner's quote. And another favourite thing was Mike in the gondolier t-shirt the first time we see him. Yeah, he. I love how all the outfits for the Seeing a detour task made them look like, uh, where's Waldo? He looked so awkward when he came out of that uh, Trattoria wearing the gondolier t-shirt. What are you guys talking about? I wear red and white striped shirts all the time. It's Bellissimo. It is the most Bellissimo shirt I have ever worn. And one person who is very lucky is London, because she's very lucky I didn't do the face cream clip this week, when she says, this is why this is a hard one. <laughs> You can still remix it. I'm not remixing it again this season. (laughs) There is a limit. It's diminishing returns. We do it once a season. (laughs) It would just be like, it would just be firing blanks after a while. We've not told the the story about our quiz team name yet either. Oh yeah? The face cream enthusiasts from when we met up with Mark Doyle in in Ireland uh, a month and a half ago, I guess. It wasn't that long ago. 
when we were in Dublin, we met up with friend of the podcast, Mark Doyle, and he took us to a pub quiz, and the three of us ended up being the most inappropriate team name at Face Cream Enthusiasts. Which made the host laugh, if I am not mistaken. Yeah, the only one that made the host chuckle. Hmm. And Floyd says he is no Michael Jackson, but he'll still get it done. And they are, in their first attempt, not uh, together enough, so they get a rejection. Yeah, they weren't together like Shannon and whoever the hell it is from uh, Greece. They go together like Bamrwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwwww
And it's Tara and Joey who leave Bring It in second. After several bags fall along the way, as well as for London and Logan. I love how the one part, Logan's dragging the cart and all those bags fall up behind him. And he's like, am I okay? And London's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, you're okay. Just, just keep going. <laughs> and once they get there, it's a roadblock, which is who has masked intentions. In this roadblock, one team member must watch a demonstration, then recreate a Commedia dell'arte mask to get their next clue. And just out of interest, do you remember what British institution is based on Commedia dell'arte? What British institution? Yeah. Probably, I don't know, whose line is it anyway? No, it's, <laughs> it, it's pantomime. Pantomime? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I took Logan to a pantomime at Christmas as his Christmas present off me, because one of my fr- best friends' dads is the third best pantomime dame in the UK. Um, but yeah, the British institution of pantomime is based on Commedia dell'arte. Interesting. And they use the same, I think they reuse the same masks from the roadblock in Amazing Race Season 4. Yeah, I was going to say that. Why are all the roadblocks in Venice, like, masquerade-themed? And also, did you notice that they even have a, had a Steve and Dave fast-forward tribute where they were taking the, where they were having that fake surgery on that guy? It's like, well, what's with all these... Um, I guess they haven't really been to Venice since Amazing Race 4, but I love how they didn't, how only the super fans would have caught on to the references they were making. Like, remember Stephen Dave? Remember Stephen Dave? Look at this. Look at this. And Redmond saying, that is very distracting and kind of hilarious. Yeah, he, he's not a super fan. He didn't know shit about that. If I was there, I'd been like, oh, Stephen Dave reference. But no, Redmond, the bully that he is, didn't know. The hell is that about? And it is Redmond, Tara, Floyd, Liz, London, and Brooke doing this roadblock. Oh, when there's two other things from the detour. One, did you notice that white puppy that walked along with Tara and Joey? I'm glad that the suitcase didn't accidentally crush the white puppy. That would have been really depressing. And then Lolo's bags nearly assault a woman who was trying to walk up that bridge. She barely dodged the bags. I'm sorry, ma'am. And yeah, that's really all I got other than Logan's sweaty hands, but I don't really know how to expand upon that. Um, and trying, he's, try, he's trying to wipe it off on his jeans like uh, as if he just ate a greasy bag of chips. I thought that one of the suggested items whenever you go in Amazing Race and look into what you're supposed to pack is going to be a pair of gloves of some description. Mm-hmm. I thought most people bring like a pair of gloves, a torch, a compass... Liz could have probably used, if she did the bring a detour, she could have used a couple pairs of underwear as gloves. And and Floyd really, really is no Michael Jackson because I guess he didn't have gloves either. Otherwise, he could have done the bring it detour as well. And Becker and Floyd do leave Sing It in third with Lennon and Logan leaving Bring It in fourth. And then Becker asks if she can swim on the way to uh, to the robot location, to which I would say no. Have you ever seen the Grand Canal in Venice? It's like I have it. <laughs> full of pollution. I read that online too. It's like it's pretty much as bad as swimming in the Ganges River, which Vixen is Vixen is still alive from that. It's like swimming in a major river in any major city. You're gonna catch something from it. It's not as bad as swimming in Hong Kong Harbour, but not very far off it. <laughs> Do you notice that Redmond chose the one guy who was wearing the Gene Simmons mask? That tongue was huge! Yeah, that's not going to get clipped. 
I knew when I said it, but it's like there's really no other way of phrasing. This isn't this isn't Archer. And Brooke and Scott leave, sing it in fifth with Liz and Michael in last. And Brooke is extremely excited to see a pants clue. Yay, pants clue! Or oh, we uh, right around this point we also get the classic Brooke saying, well, after her and Scott uh, finished the detour, where she said, when when they're trying to find a water taxi. Uh, uh, Scott's Scott's trying to get them to keep moving to find one, and then she said, "I don't want to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off, Scott." And then twenty minutes later, when they're at the roadblock and Brooke is freaking out, Liz says to the camera, "Brooke was just like a chicken running around with her head cut off." So good on editors for uh, connecting that joke. Editing joke, definitely an editing joke, and. Um... London also says that stairs are always good. To which my answer is, not in Venice, because the stairs literally everywhere. 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 I just love how unimpressed all the people in the gondolas were for... I think the only the only couple that gave any praise in the gondola was the couple with uh, Brooke... Or not Brooke. Becca and Floyd. Yeah, the, those couple's reactions were amazing. Because mm-hmm. they would clap enthusiastically, and then the gun, and then the guy on the Magdalene would just say, "Oh, you, even though they applauded you, you you still failed." <laughs> it just made that task even better. Was just the completely unimpressed reactions of everyone. Mm-hmm. The golf clap was my favorite for Liz and Michael. And another highlight was the roadblock judge just going to Liz. No, <laughs> she didn't even bother speaking Italian. She just went no. No. <laughs> Mamma mia. Why, I'm sorry, could Mike. <laughs> and um, then we get probably the highlight of the episode in Brooke and Scott's little tiff. You're a pleasure, Scott. I love hanging out with you. That was like the one five-minute bit of the entire leg where Brooke and Scott actually fought. But of course, editors let us see it. <laughs> this isn't a wire taxi, this is the Metro. What the hell are we doing here, Scott? <laughs> it's like a subway line. It's just like they are trying to to make Brooke into the new Haley and the new flow, which means that we need to at least hope and pray that she makes it to Vietnam just to to continue the flow references. If we could just get her in a coracle, that'd be great. We may as well swim to the roadblock, Scott. And at the roadblock, Redmond's mask isn't shiny enough, so he's he gets a rejection. Yeah, it's like the judge was trying to make the mask as shiny as a rare Pokemon card. Shiny first edition uh, masquerade ball mask. Which, fun fact, Pokemon cards have just made it to Canada. No, we've had that for over uh, 20 years. So, yeah, I've been my first Pokemon. Funny story, not really funny. It's, it's not funny at all, actually. It's just a, just a, uh, yeah, just a fact. Um, my first Pokemon, the the first time I received a Pokemon card, I remember that day very clearly. I was in the second grade, and this random girl gave me a Diglett, and that was my first Pokemon card, and the collection <laughs> grew from there. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny. I used the wrong word at first. I I corrected myself, Michael. You said it was a funny story. I have to laugh at it. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Joey is a toolbox. He's a toolbox. That means he, when he plays rock, paper, scissors, he uses scissors all three times in a row. 
when they were pulling up to the clue box, Jerry said, oh, look, a toolbox. Wait, I'm a toolbox. It's a clue box. <laughs> yeah. He was very confused. Not for the first time. <laughs> I love how we completely dissed uh, Tanzania. Tanzania. Uh, Tanzania. Sorry. Tanzania when he was uh, uh, riding in the water taxi. Cause it, his exact words were, uh, this is so much better than Stonetown. It's like, man, oh, what did Zanzibar ever do to you? What, what happened to you at the Freddie Mercury house, uh, Joey? And Matt and Redmond do leave in first, in probably the most dominant leg of the entire season. And teams must now find Campo San Vio, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. And it's another maze. It's just like Stone Town. Yeah. And when Liz and Michael turn up, Joey, Joey, who is on fire this episode, says that he looks like Sasquatch. <laughs> Even mimes Michael's movements. <laughs> Which sounds more like Tim the Toolman Taylor than a Sasquatch, but still. It basically needs to be the new Courtney Yates doing an impression of Russell Giff. At least he still, uh, at least he still told uh, Mike, Michael exactly where to go. And he encouraged Michael to throw a chair in frustration while waiting for Liz. Just throw that chair, Mike. Maybe he was just trying to get him a Shamir-style penalty to make sure that Jerry and Tara wouldn't get eliminated. Just just throw the, throw this chair, do some vandalism. What should have happened is Shamir, if Shamir was still in the race and was waiting, was waiting with the other teams while Sarah did the roadblock, and then Joey's like, yeah, Michael, just, just throw that chair. What are, what are you waiting for? And then uh, I, d- I Michael... didn't realize that uh, that he was an old timey gentleman. I'm getting there. I'm g- I'm getting there. It sounds like the sort of thing you'd hear on a, a 1940s radio broadcast. Received pronunciation. Ah. Oh, Britain has gone to war. <laughs> Are you talking about copper? I'm not a toolbox. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a toolbox. Is that what you guys say? I'm a cop. I'm a cop. You idiot. That is Monty. <laughs> that is John Montgomery. <laughs> Congratulations, guys! So, anyways... You win so, this leg of the race! So, Shamir's still there in the waiting area for the roadblock, and and then Michael picks up that chair, and he's like, I, am a, I may be a smelly teddy bear, but I'm an angry teddy bear right now. And throws that chair, and then it, we see like a slow motion of the chair rotating the air, and then it catches Shamir in the balls. That that would have that would have made for a great TV. That would would have been one of the funniest uh, moments ever to keep up the Shamir subplot. I'm gonna wreck it, Liz. I don't care that one of the legs is wobbly. If Shamir can punch two windows, I can throw a chair. It's only fair. Because I'm a smelly teddy bear. And we also find out that Liz loves to paint. Cow skulls. Finger paint. That's Tara. Tara, oh, oh, who are we talking about? Liz. Oh, cow skulls, yeah. But the mask reminds her of a cow skull. And now I'm picturing the cows um, on Liz's farm doing some sort of improv uh, theater. Which is very slow moving improv theater. Most most scenes, it's like uh, you know, pick a scene out of a hat, and nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, you know, just uh, chew on this grass, and that's what almost every improv scene is with all the with all the cows uh, in the improv theater. 
Oh, one of my favorite things with the other than Joey making fun of Mike is how he points to the room like an NFL referee. And then Becca joins in on making fun of Mike, too, by saying that uh, Mike has a really poor sense of direction. It's like my Mike's not catching a break this week. He gets lied to by uh, London and Logan. And now everyone's being nice to him to his face. But behind his back, they're uh, mocking him a little bit. Maybe they're the real bullies. They're the bullies, Michael. They're the bullies. They're laughing at him. And that's just rude. And now, time for my winner prediction. Because there is a quote in this roadblock where I just go, just give them the title right now. Okay. And that is from Floyd saying, slow and steady wins the amazing race. That's your winner's quote? Yeah. And what other things about Becca and Floyd's edit makes you think they are going to win this season? The fact that it is overwhelmingly positive, and you can basically rule everyone else out. Because, obviously, Liz and Mike, we've got a self-drive leg next week. If they manage to actually survive this self-drive leg, I'll be very impressed with them. And they, ha- and they have not done well overall as of like This wasn't even a self-drive leg, and they still finished in last. So imagine a self-drive leg, where they may have to do not only a speed bump... Which, I mean, speed bumps are usually pointless and are really stupid. Um, But they could also be U-turned as well. And they have a terrible sense of direction, as we proved this week. Yeah, unless their their marked card that they choose is magic, they they will not be surviving this next leg. We have London and Logan, who checked in fifth this week, who haven't had an edit. This week was the most airtime they got, and it was not positive. It was just teams saying, oh man, I can't believe they lied to us. And then London saying, I can't help anyone else now. out now. And then she proceeds to help out somebody else and also teams up with Brooke and Scott to go to the pit stop. And when they check into the pit stop, all of the edit is focused on Brooke and Scott <laughs> again because this is their second time running to the pit stop with Brooke and Scott and London and Logan are left on the sidelines again. We have Brooke and Scott who... As much as I love them, stink of an, a losing finalist to me. Because they wouldn't portray their winners as being this negative two seasons on the chart. Do you agree? There still could be redemption for Brooke. That redemption storyline can still come full circle. So I still that's why I still have them at number one, is if the redemption edit comes full circle. If it doesn't within the next week or two, then screw it. Yeah, Brooke and Scott probably aren't winning this thing. But they're really at the center of the narrative, I would say. Yeah, don't get me wrong at all. If Brooke and Scott won, I would be the most happy person ever. Um, Tara and Joey, I just... I can't see them winning. Yeah? You can't see them winning? It's the gut feeling. I just... I can't see Tara and Joey winning. They're a bit too... I guess middle of the road. I think they're going to be our other losing finalists. Like, I had them as quietly finishing in third at the moment. That's what I mean. I, I think that they will be quietly finishing the finale, but I can't see them winning. Do you think that the scene at the start where Becca said she wanted to beat Tar and Joey to the bottom, that it's going to set up the main rivalry for the end of the season? Quite possibly. And the last team that we haven't talked about is Matt and Redmond, whose active storyline was getting a first place. They got that this week, so we can basically rule them out. Yeah. Red Matt and Redman aren't winning this season. So I think basically our contenders are down to Becker and Floyd, Brooke and Scott, and Tara and Joey, who I think are going to be the final three. 
Yeah, I could either if Beck and Floyd aren't first place, I see them as the as the lovable penultimate boots uh, for the season. But that's how I see the the season shaping up. I think the next three boots, in some order, are going to be Liz and Michael, Matt and Redmond, and London and Logan. I can't believe London and Logan are still in the season with that edit. And also, it's unlikely they're getting U-turned next week. Probably. You think they are? No, it's unlikely they are. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if Beck and Floyd U-turn Tar and Joey, and then Liz and Michael get U-turned. Yeah, I think with that is a textbook winner's quote from Floyd. Slow and steady wins the amazing race. It could have been an episode title had it been the finale that he said it. And Matt Redman wins leg with the Where's Waldo greeter at the pit stop. And they went a trip to Gren- Grenada, Grenada. To visit their, their their mother and their father here at Camp Grenada. Jesus. Um, and did you notice the whistling sound effect in between uh, each uh, Travelocity uh, screen cap? I didn't know. Yeah, there's like this weird whistle sound effect when they were rotating between each picture. And yeah, they get to go to an underwater uh, statue park and Redman makes another leg joke. Because when Redman goes to the gym or on the Amazing Race, every day is leg day. Maybe the person who was putting together the Travelocity preview was just a big fan of Flowrider with his song Whistle. Oh yeah, see anything that's post-Drake I don't really pay attention to in the hip-hop scene. And Redmond did finally get to make his leg joke after seven legs of waiting. Yeah, who knew that uh, he really wanted attention with a leg joke by waving his artificial leg in the air. (laughs) Hey guys, hey guys, I have a joke to tell. I have a joke to tell. If you don't let me tell this joke, I will bully you into letting me tell this joke. I'll take your lunch money, Phil Kogan. And also his his tank top this episode was uh, quite subtle. Yeah, very as subtle as the singet uniforms. Bitch, I am USA. <laughs> and when Brooke and Scott turn up to the <laughs> to the roadblock, Scott walks in and Joey just goes, "Don't ever change that shirt." <laughs> Liz may be allowed to have thirty pairs of underwear, but apparently Scott's only allowed one shirt. And I know for a fact that. At least three of the racers who were meeting up in New York this week were wearing those shirts. They were allowed to keep them. Awesome. Because I saw a picture of of Brooke, Scott, and uh, Becca all in those shirts. Everyone looks like a Monopoly get-out-of-jail-free get card. And Tara gets rejected for not blending. Um, did you notice? Did you notice with London when she was doing the face painting, or, or with the mask painting, she said she likes painting because it is crafty. Much like the way she has been playing this round of the race. Yep, they are our true villains. The biggest villains ever. Everyone's going to be talking about London and Logan ten seasons from now. The biggest villains that this race has ever seen. (laughs) And then Brooke. We get Brooke. Oh, we get Brooke. But Brooke, can I point out, does all of this on her own. Kicks ass, takes names. And Becker and Floyd checking in second. I hear Van Ashen would have been eliminated on this roadblock because they also did a lack of blending in the last episode, which is why they got U-turned. Very true. They could not blend with people. <laughs> I love how when Brooke Chu chose the mask for the roadblock, she said, I choose you in the very Ash Ketchum way possible. Brooke truly is the Ash Ketchum of the show. 
Scott, use encourage. Use encourage, Scott. It's not very effective. It's not very effective at all. <laughs> or when Scott says, I hope I hope she stays patient and does not freak out. It was nice knowing you, Scott. Yeah. Joey's just trolling everybody. She Scott's hope for Brooke using patience is the is the equivalent in effectiveness as a Magikarp using Splash. What Joey needs is just permanent thug life. <laughs> yes. On the Boston police force, yes. And talking of Joey, him and Tara are third. And then Brooke and Scott leaving fourth. Redemption! Yeah, Brooke doesn't. She, I love how she's freaking out. Like, I don't know how to start this. I don't know how to start this. Liz, Liz, London, anybody? Don't tell her, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Do this on your own. Make her put her big curled panties on. What I would love is just really inappropriate things in Mike's voice. <laughs> Mike's inner monologues. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to throw this chair at Shamir's balls. Um, and London said she wants uh, Liz as a buffer, which seems like a terrible pun considering the nature of the roadblock. And then, yeah, Beck and Floyd are second. Phil says they couldn't be happier. They agree. Liz really wants to cry. Now she's she's taking, gets comfortable with the task. Liz takes over Brooke's position and starts to cry. See, the thing is, yes, Brooke is a little bit highly strung, but she's very good at the tasks that she actually does. Apart from maybe the ladle making. Yeah, apart from the ladles, yeah. Um, and then when she gets a, when she finishes her roadblock, I love how she doesn't even believe that she was able to pass two teams in the process. She was last to the roadblock. So I love how she's just like, stop it. I'm not really fourth, am I? Scott, am I fourth? And Scott's reaction to uh, to Brooke coming through the door as well was really adorable. Yeah, he was so stunned. He wasn't expecting it at all. Like, people always say that Scott is a very supportive partner, and that just proves it. He was so lovely to her then. Mm-hmm. It was getting very close to their intro shot of her jumping into his arms. Yeah. And London and Logan do live in fifth with Liz and Michael in last. I love how after London and Logan blatantly lied to Liz and Michael about where the street sweeper was, how as London is leaving, she encourages Liz after she blatantly lied to her. Maybe she's thinking, oh, there could be a, a U-turn next leg and Liz and Michael seem to be getting there quite quickly. Especially if every team, because Li- Michael told everybody that London and Logan uh, lied to them. So I could see London and Logan being targets for the U-turn next week. Because they're the only team that's, that's uh, quote-unquote deceived uh, everybody else. The only issue with that is the fact that, you know... Self-drive? Yeah, A, it's a self-drive, and B, there's one team who probably wouldn't U-turn them in Brook and Scott. Scott. Yeah. And, yeah, Brook and Scott checking in fourth, London and Logan checking in fifth, and Liz and Michael checking it in last. But we're skipping overhead a bit, but... Not before Michael punches the wall. If Shamir breaks a window, Michael can punch a wall and put a decent dent into it. I know who I would rather have punch me, and that is probably Shamir. (laughs) Jeez. Um, And uh, Liz said she would swim to the pit stop, but as discussed earlier, that would just be the start of Liz's problem. She she would be mutating into a sewer rat, as Michael uh, said she would. And... 
my question was, what would happen if Liz and Michael beat Brooke and Scott and London and Logan to the pit stop? Would it be rock, paper, scissors to see who gets last place for the leg? No, because technically Brooke and Scott were fourth. But but they but they jumped onto the mat at the same time, so I'm assuming they did rock, paper, scissors or something like that then to figure out who was fourth. I'm not sure. Or Phil, or perhaps Phil didn't even notice London and Logan were still in the race, so he was looking at Brooke and Scott first, and then he glanced to his left and saw London and Logan, he's like, oh, you guys, you are, still guys are here. You're team number five, then. Yeah. We got here at the same time, Phil. Well, I'm just saying, you guys are team number four. Do you want to take it or not? The racing is flawed. America should get voted for his fifth place. And then the Sesame Street theme continues. We're getting a very Amazing Race 28-esque moment in that Liz and Michael get cheered onto the pit stop and everyone cheers when it's a non-elimination. Mainly because it wasn't uh, London and Logan who uh, were last. <laughs> everyone else would just be like, well, then everyone would still assume it was a non-elimination leg if uh, London and Logan were last. It'd be like, well, did nobody get eliminated? We don't see... Anybody anybody missing? No? Still still all five teams? And then Michael Michael does the worst pun at the end of the episode where he said that uh, finishing in last was as low as low can be. Was that supposed to be a low, low joke? Or what the hell was that, Michael? How low, low can they go? go. And then uh, Michael said, it will, it will take more, it will take more than a speed bump to get us out of here. Maybe like a double U-turn... And a self-drive leg would have to get us out. But a speed bump alone won't do it. It will take more than that. Two very routine things about the season will have to get us out of this race. Also, production, if for some reason you are listening and you haven't been scared off by the fact that we shit talk you constantly, please get rid of the speed bumps. Nobody fucking cares about the speed bumps anymore. The speed bumps have been pointless. They're usually very lame tasks. They only take five minutes to complete. What we is the point? Sick. I'm sick and tired of the fucking speed bump. Yeah. And you know it's a, a bad thing when Logan says the F word twice in a sentence. <laughs> we can. There's so many other non-elimination uh, penalties out there that they can use. Marked for elimination... Wear your winter clothing in Greece? I was going to say, for goodness sake, just make them put all their layers on and run around Greece. Yeah, do the whole Hammerot's Lamillion non-elimination twist. There's just... Uh, or do the not, or do the uh, the Season 27 twist of making uh, teams uh, do the roadblock twice. Especially when the roadblock, which doesn't seem to have appeared in the next time trailer but I'm pretty sure from the preseason materials that the roadblock is a switchback. A switchback? It is. I think it's, well, I'm reasonably confident it's the Corinth Canal bungee jump. Hmm. Because, if I'm not mistaken, we saw Scott do it in the, um, in all the adverts preseason. Okay. They did that in season nine, I presume? They did indeed. That was the one where they, the, I I don't know how I remember the exact details of this, but this is the one where they were told to find the clue box at a railway station, and the roadblock clue was opened and everything, and everyone decided. And then they actually opened the roadblock, and it said, go around the corner and jump off this bridge into one of the world's highest bungee jumps. And everyone was freaking out. Hmm. So we know they visit the Corinth Canal, and I'm pretty sure there's a bungee jump. So, Scott, good luck! (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, imagine if they did the double roadblock punishment for that. Both Liz and Michael having to do the bungee jump. This is for Pearl. And yeah, boo, speed bump. Um, so next time, Greece. It's another self-drive leg. There seems to be some sort of sprinting against um, Greek army officers. And there is a very creative U-turn board. Probably on the Greek alphabet. Now, did you watch the next time trailer? I saw I saw it for half a second. I didn't analyze it, though. It looks like sort of a a, a pizza board, but with double U-turn Pizza? On. Yeah. It, obviously, it isn't, because there's, like, pots of olives and stuff on top of it. But it's on some sort of dining table. It just says oh. double U-turn. Interesting. Yeah. And from that preview, we know that Brooke and Scott beat Matt and Redmond and Tara and Joey to the U-turn board. That's rare. Mm. And, um... Brooke and Scott, it's heavily implied, use it. And we see Tara basically call them scumbags for U-turning someone. Wonder if they did U-turn Liz. They, Liz and Michael. Or it's gotta be Beck and Floyd. It's gotta be somebody that's... It wouldn't, they wouldn't have U-turned London and Logan. No. Unless someone uses it on London and Logan at the end. Uses it as the second one. The, which was my theory from the past two U-turns, if I'm not mistaken. That somebody would use London and Logan as a shield. And, interestingly, in the credits, I noticed that Phil is now credited as a co-executive producer. He's moving on up. He is, and that this is the first season that that's happened, and I've only just noticed. Hmm. Phil has never been an exec. Pay raise. So, what do you think is going to happen next week? Liz and Michael have never survived a self-drive leg. They've always been last. That's what I mean. I mean, I'd love them to survive, but it's a self-drive leg, and... They've done two self-drive legs, and they've checked in last at the pit stop on both of them. And it would have to be a brutal, brutal, brutal uh, U-turn, or the detour. Both sides of the detour have to be really tough to where if Liz and Michael don't get U-turned, and somebody else does, that they can make up for that lost uh, self-drive time. And the the fact of the matter is, they're probably going to be driving for a few hours at least. Because I'm assuming they fly into Athens, and then it's basically... Drive around the Greek countryside for a day. It's got to be them or London Logan that goes next episode anyway. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, is there anything else to say about this leg? No, I'm good. As am I. So, thank you for listening to this URT number podcast. You can join us next weekend to recap episode number 8. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page or LTTV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, and Log Super Quacky for Logan. See you next week. Peace out and chill till the next episode.